Jesus will heal. Walk by my side in deserts dry. Love me and help me when I cry. So let me sing you one more song in case I leave.
Service start, so that way you can take your nap in. Yeah. 
page 164. Every 
served all her life. Sacrificial mother and honorable wife. She gave all she had and through every trial. Made life much sweeter because of her smile. Everyone will see what she's done in her life, who she's cared for, and how she survived. I'm sure they'll say she loved more than anything else. She loved with all of her heart. She Mother's Day is a special, wonderful day. It's a day for us to remember our mothers. Some of you mothers has gone on home to the Lord and chance to remember them and your wives and the wonderful ladies that has so much to do with you. And I love Mother's Day. You know, and we're blessed to have so many mothers. I told Bree to hold on a sake. Usually they're up. Everybody's headed to the back. And uh, what I always love to do is just pass out a lot of flowers. But, well, this year, one, scarcity of finding flowers was not easy. So my plans is before every lady leaves, I want to give a, give them a flower when they get ready to leave. So, guys, I need a couple volunteers at the end of service to help me pass out flowers. And, and the reason I do that is because I heard it yesterday. Was at the ball field and I heard people talking about what they were going to do for Mother's Day. And one guy said, Well, we're going to church. And he says, It's going to be the same thing it always is. He says, You got the oldest lady. He says, I swear she's 312 years old. She's got to be. She always wins the oldest mother of the year. And then we got the youngest one and the one with the most kids. He says, It's the same ones every year. And I've always seen that. And and that always has bothered me because, uh, let me tell you, every mother, every lady is precious. And, and I always want to do something for all the ladies because, ladies, you mean so much to us. And you think about one thing, through the, throughout Scripture, throughout history, we see where ladies have held the church together. And it's a chance for us to honor them. So right now, if you're a mother, I want you to stand up. 
you're a mother. Would you please stand up? Don't you look, guys. This is over half our congregation. Amen. <laughs> Ladies, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I pray that God blesses you and just, just pours his blessings out on you. I'll let you sit down. You don't have to stand up for long. And I just want to tell, tell you how much we appreciate each one of you. You know, for me, I'm, I'm truly blessed. I got best mama and how I know that she put up with me. I'm still alive today. And I, I look at my wife and, and, and my daughter and, and how wonderful they've turned out. Let me tell you, Bree has been a mama since she was a little kid. Uh, she was a mama to all of her friends and all the little kids in the neighborhood, and now she's a mama to everybody. She takes care of her mama. She's a mama to her mama. And, you know, ladies, that's, that's something God has given you, a heart that, that just wants to help people. And so this morning, I want to tell you how much we appreciate you and how much we love you. And thank you for being here for us. Amen. Amen. All right, but you can head on to the back. Like I said, at the end of the service, I'm going to need some help passing these flowers out. Uh, everywhere I went, I wanted carnations, and, and one, Mother's Day came a little quicker than I thought it did. And then I found out I couldn't get what I wanted, so I said, well, that's fine. I'll just do what I did before, and I'll, I'll go to the store and buy some. And then I went to the store, and they didn't have none. I so yesterday I decided, well, I better get my mama a card. And I couldn't find one that was worth buying. And I said, you know, it's really bad when you get to looking at cards that they have in, at the, the, the store and things. You start reading them, you're like, I don't tell my mama this. I want to tell my mama how much I love her. Thank you for doing the things you've done. Not, hey, I hope you find a special thing to think about tomorrow. And I'm like, wow, what a card. And I couldn't find, hardly could find any of them that mentioned our Savior. And that was one thing that just totally upset me. You know, and I, I got to think about, every, you know, Mother's Day is a great, it's a, it's a wonderful time because every character of our mother, we go to Proverbs chapter 31, where King Lemieux is writing about his mom and, and the advice she gives. And, and, and you think he, he, he must have, had a wonderful mo mother because she warned him about immorality. She she told him about the dangers of alcohol, and she she told him to, to defend the defenseless. She had such an impact on his life that he takes the rest of that chapter and he describes her character. And you know, and and, and it's a wonderful character to say, "Moms, this is how you should be, and this is what you you should strive to do." But the Lord this year lays something different on my heart. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're going to talk about two women in the Bible today. And there's just so much about them. And we're going to, when you read this story, it's kind of it's short. There's not a lot about it. We're going to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And it's two sisters. It's Mary and Martha. And Jesus is coming to visit. And and listen to how it goes as, as it says it he it says and it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village 
And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sisters have left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she should help me. I always like it. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And then the story ends. So we, we, we know who Mary and Martha is. That's uh, Lazarus is their brother, and we see them throughout Scripture different times. And here is Martha, and, and, and we, we tells us a little bit she's upset. Because Mary's just sitting there. I can see it. You think about it. Martha, evidently for the it was her house. And Jesus came to her house. I mean, we don't even see Lazarus. He's at. And, and, and serving them. And, and it's not like, hey, they showed up. I better call and get some more stuff. You had better be ready to prepare. Because when Jesus came, it was Jesus, his disciples. And there were those that followed. And they all came to her house. And the one person she thought she could count on to help is sitting at Jesus. So she was upset. She was worried. She was mad. You know, many people for centuries has puzzled over this this bit of scripture because it, it it's it, it's it's tells us a lot about different things. Like here's here's Martha and she's working, and Mary's just sitting there, and Jesus says she's doing the right thing. So is work not important? And, and but you know the thing about it is it's a it's a beautiful picture today that's going to tell us about priorities about priorities and and, and you think about this when a lot of people look at this and they compare Mount Martha to Peter because Peter was practical and here we see Mary, Martha is and he was impulsive and she kind of is and, and a little short tempered you think Peter was that way so is Martha you know, Peter was to the point that he rebuked Jesus, and she's to the point she goes in there and interrupts a party. And then many people say that Mary was more like John, kind of reflective and loving and calm. But well, see, she she was kind of emotional too. But you think Martha's a remarkable woman, and, and she deserves a lot of credit when we look at her throughout Scripture. You think. You know, when Lazarus died and Jesus came to town, Martha was the first one. She got up and she ran to Jesus while Mary stayed at home. She was, she was carrying and we, we see her throughout Scripture. She's serving. She's doing what God's called her to do. But if we look at it today, the problem she was having here is her priorities were off. Because I think about something. Uh, she's gone in to rebuke Mary basically in front of everybody. She's not helping. Gone to the man who took some fish and some loaves of bread and five, fed 5,000. Don't you think if she could have said, Jesus, I got a problem and I know you're the only one who can help me. What do I do? He could have said, don't worry about it. 
But no, her priorities were she was more concerned with what she was supposed to be doing. God gave her a calling in her life, and that was to serve. But she was looking at it wrong because it was all about her. She's not here to help me. Make her come help me. You know, and, and you know, we, we look at that and it, working is not wrong because we see her later serving when in John chapter 12, verse 2, she's serving. Lazarus at the table. Again, Mary's at the feet of Jesus, but she's doing what she's supposed to do. She's just not focused on the wrong, right thing. She's focused on the wrong thing. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 tells us this. It says, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. When you do things for God, and that's what he, she didn't get. She should have been doing these things for the Lord. It shouldn't have been about what she wanted. It shouldn't have been about what she was worried about. Instead, she was not focused correctly. Her character wasn't where it needed to be. You know, and I, I heard a story this week, and it was talking about how a lot of times our problem is, is we focus on the wrong thing. And we, when we do that, our character suffers. And I, and I have my cell phone up here for a reason. Do you know that some people get so addicted to this, and if you do this, I'm sorry, that in the middle of the night, they'll wake up just to check it. The, the lights on it, the time, the, the way things are programmed in this phone causes us to become addicted to it. And we focus on the wrong thing. You think about it. People walk around with this thing in their hand like this. You drive down the road. Have you ever been driving down the road and here's a car that's going way over here and it goes way over here and you're like, I just want to speed up and get around this person so I don't die. And as you drive by, they're like this. need steering. And I don't know how they're typing with one hand and this one right here. And, and they're just going on about their business. So we're so addicted to these things. We're, we, our focus should be on the priorities in front of us. Driving, it should be on different things. There are people who it, 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 that would sit at home and they'll text each other instead of talking. That person's sitting right there. And, and so we, we have, we're, we're out of focus. We're out of... Here you see Martha, her priorities are wrong. She's not focusing on that which God called her to do. She's focusing on everybody else. It's got her else upset. What God has called her to do is to serve. She's worried that nobody else is doing what she's doing. Focused on the one who had come to the house that day. She would have seen the truth. That he could have took care of everything. Instead, she wanted to. And so this morning... I want us to, to, to look at being focused, committing your works to the Lord. Here's two women. We see one of them. She, she immediately, she, she needed to be, she needed to get as close to Jesus as she could. So she's at his feet while the other one's complaining. Well, if she would have done what God called, she could have come and enjoyed what God has given her to do. But instead, she's upset. So I want us to look at being focused this morning. And one of the first things you need to do to be focused is you need to have the fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
but fools despise wisdom and instructions. When I read that verse, I've always wondered about the fear of the Lord. Hadn't y'all? That word fear here is yara. And it means respect or have reverence. So it's reverence or respect to the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And I, I, I started looking up this verse and, and I realized that the word beginning in Hebrew is rashirah. So respect of the Lord is the choice of knowledge or the part of knowledge. So to, to understand what we should do in life, we need to have the respect of God. So that and the scriptures is really plain on how to get it. Listen, in James chapter 1, verse 55, it says, uh, verse 5, excuse me, if any of you lack wisdom, which the same word is used for knowledge, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given to him. So God says if you want to understand, if you've got that respect, heart, you want knowledge, you want to understand what you should be doing, then all you've got to do is ask. You, you think about this. How many of you ask for help when you need it? I'll pick on the guys. Guys, how many of us follow the directions on things? I do. Oh, I got this. Three, go back. Now, what did I do with those instructions? I mean, together, over pieces. You know, sometimes it's important they should have been in there. But we don't follow instructions. And God said, hey, you want instructions on life? You want to understand what you should be doing? Just ask. Come to me with respect and reverence and I'll, I'll give it to you. Listen to what he says. He says, let him ask and that God gives liberally. He, he pours it out on you and it shall be given. He's not going to withhold anything if you ask. And, and so I, I still got to wonder and I say, okay, Lord, tell me more about the 8 verse 13. Listen to the Lord or remember the respect of the Lord is to hate evil pride, arrogancy, and the evil way in the forward mouth. God says, what I want you to do, if you want to have respect, don't flock to those things that you know that are bad. Because listen to what he said. Listen, he said, he said, you're going to hate. And that's a strong word. You should hate evil, not just, you no. Know, Paul said to flee the whole appearance of it. And that's our problem. It's like, oh, I can do this. It's okay. Everybody else does it. You ever realize how everybody else influences us tremendously? And God said, I want you to hate evil, but yet we accept it because everybody else does. He said, well, preacher, what do you do about it? Let me ask you a question. What's the one thing that God allows us to do no matter what physical condition you are in? Pray, that's right. We can pray. You, you don't 
What do I do? Help me. I'll pray about it. But our I remember one time being down at the river and being stupid. Anybody ever done that? Stupidity and water do not go together. I jumped out of a boat into what I thought was water. It was about that deep. I broke my little toe because I was not very smart. I could have asked the people around me, how deep's the water? Instead, they all laughed, I bet that hurt. Well, yeah, I'm on the ground because I didn't ask. I didn't check. I didn't search it out. I, I was impulsive. And then I said, well, I wonder how deep it is everywhere else around this boat. Well, it wasn't deep anywhere. See, a lot of times we, we get into problems and we're going, well, 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 Lord, help me. I'm already in it. I've already hurt myself. What do I do now? And God said, if you'd asked to start with, I'd have gave you enough sense not to jump in the water. But no, we, we do that. And we, we get into sin and we're going, Lord, help me. I'm, I'm drowning. Help me. I've problems. If you'd have come to me to start with, you'd have... You shouldn't even been there. You should have fle fled it. You should have got away from it. You should hate evil that much. If you respect me, if you love me, you'll do these things. But we don't do it. So many times we're like Martha was that day. She didn't look at the other people's needs. All she saw was herself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, Paul wrote this. He said, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. She, she was too busy and too upset to think about, I've got people who are here relying on me. I didn't, I, we don't know if she even knew they were coming. But yet she, she's too upset about it. So like I said, she, she had the one who could, could feed 5,000 there, but yet she was too busy not lifting people up. What did she do? She tore her sister down. Here's one who is doing what God's called them to do, but they're not doing the way I want it done. They're not doing it the way I think it should be done. So, Lord, you need to get on to them. No, you need to be quiet and listen to what God has to say to you. See, that, that was her problem. Mary's heart was fixed and in the right place. She be at the picture. Let me tell you, Martha needed to be there more than Mary did. See, our problem is a lot of times we focus on the wrong thing, and if we would stop and focus on Jesus, we'd realize, hey, we need to be at his feet first and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How should I handle this? And Jesus might have said, hey, guys, y'all go fix supper. Let her come out here and listen to me. But no, she was too worried. Oh, Mary's not even, even offering to help. Look at Peter. He's sitting over there, got his feet propped up on my furniture. Nobody's doing Jesus, you need to do something. I am. I'm fixing to get on to you. See, she she didn't think about building people up. 
She wanted to pull them down to her level. You ever notice that's what we do? Anybody ever have bad days and, and, and you get all upset and the thing you want to do is bring that person down to your level? You know, that's why I feel sorry for 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 women because uh, I, I I do I try to do that Julie all the time and and won't have it. She learned that from my mama. You no, know, you you no, you dug this. You you get out of it. But I've had a bad day. Well, what about it? You know, I, I really cannot stand people that are smart when they say, Jimmy, you've had a bad day, and they say, yeah, have you prayed about it? No. Well, don't you think that would help? Don't you hate when people do that? And they say, you're a deacon of the church. You're a pastor. You're supposed to be thinking about these things. Well, I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm a little Martha and I'm upset. And Jesus has to rebuke me to get my attention. Ever notice what I, what I always find amazing about this story? We don't hear of Martha, her reply. He just cut it off and said, you figure it out. Because it's easy to figure out because when you go to John and then you see her in there, hey, everybody, and you got to think. Lazarus had risen from the dead. There was a lot more people there this next time, and she's in there serving with gladness. See, it's, it's the character of the heart and the way you lift people up. Makes you want to say, have you answered your call that God's placed on your life? Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, he says this, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. So as I said, I said, make sure your calling One, make sure you know if you're saved or not. But God put a calling on everybody's life. You know what that call, word calling is? In the Greek, is klesios, and it means invitation. So God has placed an invitation on you. I've, I've given you the ability, and I will give you everything you need for this invitation of what I want you to do. And here's how you know if you're doing it or not. Listen to this said in John chapter 15, verse 16, he said this. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and have ordained you that you should go forth and bring, that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask in the, of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Jesus said, hey, I chose you I've put a calling on your life. And if you've got that, how you know you're doing what you're supposed to, there should be fruit. And that fruit should remain. So let me ask you a question. What's God called you to do today? See, he called Martha to serve, but she got upset. He called Mary to worship. 
Not everybody worship. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can serve. But God's put a calling on every one of your life, an invitation to serve Him. And so that's what it amounts to this morning. That invitation is there. He said this. He said, I've ordained you. And that means to confer holy orders on, to appoint, to induct, to install, to invest. He says, I'm going to do this. I'm calling you. I'm investing in you. I've given you an order. I've appointed you to do it. So are, are you answering the call? And if there you are, or even if you're not, is there understanding in your life? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, listen, you don't hear anything else this morning, listen to this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So the first thing you ought to do in your life with the calling and answering him and saying focus is to seek him. To, to, to seek the kingdom of the Lord. You know, a lot of times we're, we're seeking everything else and we put Jesus last. Or, or, or some people say, well, I've got this and, you, and Jesus is second. If Jesus is not first in your life, he's last in your life. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who, who say, well, I, I don't need church and, and, and I don't need this and I don't need that. But let me tell you what you do need. You need Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus said unto him, somebody asked what the most important commandment was. And he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. You hear that? Well, and if we do do that, if, if we're seeking the kingdom of God, he's first and, and, and we, we, we want to please him. We want to do the, these things for him. You think when, when you read that, that description of that, that wonderful lady in Proverbs chapter 31, this is a woman who put God first in her life. When we see Mary here that day, she's putting God first in her life. When we see Martha in John chapter 12, we see her putting God first first in her life you want to know how to have a successful life put god first yeah problems are still going to come let's think about this martha still the next time had a whole lot more people to serve but she did it with gladness anointed jesus people why did you do that it was a waste but she was there to worship mother's god called you to be a mother you had to put up well like my mama did with old stinking kid like me but let me ask you a question was it worth it it is because you know as a mother and as a father as a parent our goal is to make our children better than the way you can do that is make sure they understand who Jesus Christ is. Because when he's first in your life, problems are going to come, but he helps you through. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. He's always there. And, and it, 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 when, when everything else is crashing in around you, he's there. He can pick you up. Put you on a firm foundation. 
You see, that's why you seek the kingdom of God first. Because because of life. Life happens. You can't stop it. How many of you have gotten ill? Physically ill. It don't. You don't get this letter in the mail that says, Hey, on the 13th of the month of May, go ahead and get ready to go to the doctor because you're going to be sick. Go ahead and get everything ready because it's going to be devastating. It's going to be hard. No, it's usually you're feeling fine one day. Next day, boom, it happens. Life happens. But the way you make it through it is have Jesus first. That way, when, when, when you see somebody doing something, you say, well, that, that, they ought to be helping me. Well, no, Jesus said, no. Look at me. Uh, I want you to think about something. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus tells the parable of the wedding feast. The king sent out invitations three times, and the first two times he sent out, they were rejected. He was upset, and he finally told the servants, go the highways, and and bring everybody. So they do. And one comes. He doesn't put on the clothing. We know that he gets kicked out. But the verse. The, the, the parable ends with this. It says for many are called. But, for many are called. But few are chosen. You see just like Martha. And Mary. Many are called. But few are chosen. And it becomes what you do when the calling comes. Because I want you to think about it in this statement of the context when Jesus said it. Here's what it amounts to. There, there, it, there was a choice of man and a, and a choosing of God. They were people who were given an invitation, yet they refused. They were called, but they weren't chosen. See, this morning in our life, every day we go, we see Jesus and God has, has given us an example of two ladies. And when you come to, when Jesus comes to you and, and you're coming to him, what choice do you make? Do you want to be at his feet or do you want to be in the kitchen? Do you, do you want to be where all you do is complain? The choice is yours. It, 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 it's a thing that we... We need to heed his invitation. And the last thing I want to share with you this morning is, are you sanctified? You know, salvation is just the beginning of our Christian life. After a person turns to, from their sins and accepts Christ, then we, we begin a process known as sanctification. It's where the, the Holy Spirit starts to clean you up. You know, through it, God makes you more holy. He helps you to make the right choices. Be less sinful. Be doing what God wants you to do. And I didn't say sinless. I said sin less sinful because we're all still going to sin. But he helps you through it. I want to close with some words of Paul this morning. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, Verse 12, he said, Not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend 
that which I am also apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I do not count myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I know I'm saved, but I'm not going to dwell on my past. Martha could have continued to dwell on her past. Nobody helps me. Nobody cares. See, it's not until you read Scripture that you find out her answer. You find out that she humbled herself. And God continued to use her. So let me ask you a question. On Mother's Day, what kind of character do you have? Because you want to honor your mom, then you should put God first in your life. God gave you a mother. And maybe you had one that wasn't the greatest example. But that should have still pointed you towards God. Maybe you had one who loved you and pointed you to God. Maybe as a kid you had one that drug you to church. You know, and you, I didn't want to go. And you still went. Aren't you glad you had a mama who loved you? So this morning, what kind of character do you show? Because everything you do reflects on the one who was your mama and who's part. My mama's important to me. My Savior. Every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning on a Mother's Day, Lord, as we remember moms and we celebrate and we're thanking you for them, Father, I pray that you help us to see our character. Because our character comes from what's in our heart. And Lord, I pray this morning that we'll seek you first. We'll stay focused. Lord, a lot of us, sometimes we're just like Martha and we're just like Mary. We're a little bit of both. Lord, help us to be what we should be. Help us to see the truth and focus on you. So, Father, I pray that as this Mother's Day comes that we'll realize that we need to be like you. More like you than we ever have before. So, Lord, during this time of invitation, whatever someone's need is, I pray you give them the strength to hear you. Lord, maybe somebody just needs to come pray, lift up their mama, or just pray for somebody. But have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page 123. 123. As we sing, you just obey the Holy Spirit.
If your mama's still here, I urge you to call her. Tell her how much you love her. I'm going to tell you, Mama, I love you. Mama tells me I don't call her enough anyway. So she'll call, my mama calls me and says, I'm just checking to see if you're still alive. She, Mama, I love you. I thank God for you. And ladies, I've got more than one mama here. And every one of you, I love each one of you. You've been so precious to me. And I want to tell you, happy Mother's Day. Guys, if you, if you sweetie pies here, we hey, something special for them. Some of you might not need to cook for them to take them out to eat. I see that a lot of head. You want to do something to wash the... Throw them out, buy our new ones. But I, I pray that if you if you five, you, how much you appreciate what wish you could tell her just one more time, one more time. So if you got that one more time, tell her. If, tell him. Say thank you for what time I had with Mama. It wasn't enough. I pray as you all are. Again, happy Mother's Day. Brother Curtis, will you close this morning?